You're listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer with Gina Militia, one of Australia's leading portrait celebrity and lifestyle photographers. With over 25 years' experience in the industry, Gina is a pro photographer who regularly travels the world shooting for some of the country's top magazines and advertisers. She is author of four best-selling books on photography, runs workshops and mentors aspiring photographers all around the world. In conversation with journalist, interviewer and budding amateur photographer Valerie Koo, Gina reveals what it takes to build a successful photography business, provides a sneak peek into life behind the lens and talks about her tips and techniques to get the perfect shot. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 60 of So You Want to Be a Photographer. My name's Valerie Koo and I'm here with the awesome Gina Militia. How are you Gina? I'm great Val, how's it going? Yeah good, what's new with you? What have you been doing and shooting and stuff lately? So um, I, I got a little package uh, in the mail from Yong Nuo. I bought oh. myself. I just checked them out because we were talking yeah. about them on a website, the LED lights. Yeah, right. Yeah. So I actually ordered one and oh. I've been having a play with it. It's got a remote control. Oh. I reckon this is the solution to your Skype uh, situation where you want to be lit when you're yes. talking to someone on Skype oh. or you're ever doing a smaller video Val where you just want to be chatting or for everyone listening to the podcast uh, just to learn lighting with one of these little LED lights you could buy the Yong Nuo there's actually cheaper cheaper versions you can get them for like five bucks in like um, those reject stores where they just have the cheap cheap stuff but the light on this one, I'm, I'm just amazed at how much it contains. I'm actually thinking I'll do a blog post about it in, in my next newsletter because it's got so many features, remote control, so you can set it up on a boom, mm. light your model, go back to the camera. And if you're on your own, mm. normally you'd have to climb up on a ladder to adjust the, the settings and all of that. Remote control, Val. Do you mean Dive. remote control as in? The power up down, brighter, oh. brighter, brighter, less, oh. less, less, less. You've got the little remote control. It's like a little... Um, I see. Like, you know, the Mac Minis remotes that you got? It's yes, like one yes. of those. You just wow. keep it in your pocket and you can dial it up or, or you know. Awesome. Power well, it down. can you put the link in the show notes in case people are interested in that particular one? Yeah, I should find. Yeah, I'll do that. I will, <laughs> for sure. That would be handy. Yeah, it would be handy. <laughs> so, oh, that's awesome. So how yeah. did you discover that particular um, one, the remote control one? I went and had a look at their website and just had a look and I was then I said, oh, my God, they've got so much good stuff. And uh, and then I, I noticed this and sent it out. Didn't realise it was remote control. And then it's rechargeable battery, so it's not even mains power. Like, or it's... Really good. They've mm. got good stuff. And they're bringing out those um, ice lights, the lightsaber lights as well. They're <laughs> amazing. Not for playing Star Wars with Val, but yes. for lighting people, they're fantastic. And they're quite expensive to buy, but you ah. are going to bring out. They've basically got a knockoff of every kind of light that's out there. Awesome. Yes. Okay, fantastic. What's well, been happening in your world, Val? What's been happening in my world? Um. 
Well, we, I've had a new team member starting this week, so it's been uh, very busy, you know, doing some training and some induction. So not probably not as exciting as getting new light, new remote controlled lights. Uh-huh. But, uh <laughs> but it's been good, you know. Yeah. She's pardon with barn doors as well. That's the other thing that comes with. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, love a good barn door. I know, it's great. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. We want to say, if you're listening to us for the first time, thank you for joining in to So You Want to Be a Photographer. Presumably you have an interest in photography and what Gina and I do each week is, well, we basically chat about photography and talk about different topics and themes. If you're new to this podcast, I'll freely say that Gina is the uh, the professional and the expert and the sensei in this situation, in this <laughs> dynamic. And, you know, while she's Batman, I'm a bit like Robin. And uh, I, uh, you know, I look to Gina for advice and guidance in the world of photography and I could be considered an enthusiast, whereas Gina is certainly the professional. And Gina has shot oh, all over the world, all different types of photography, some of the biggest names in the world, in whether they're CEOs or actors or A-list celebrities or politicians or whatever. So um, it's good to be able to tap into her brain, and uh, and because it, it's a great resource for a lot of our quest, a lot of my questions anyway, and certainly a lot of questions from our listeners. And we want to give a big shout out to a couple of people who've sent us uh, some ratings and reviews on iTunes. Thank you so much to Midgard Oz. <laughs> and Midgard Oz from Australia has said, uh, what makes this podcast series special is the focus on working with what you have and getting the most out of it. The reality is that gear doesn't make images on its own. There are plenty of shows about gear, but not so many talking through lighting, composition, and the myriad of other elements that go into making a good image. Not only do Gina and Valerie do this every week, they do it in a style that's open, welcoming and non-judgmental, making it ideal for photographers at all levels. They are honest and fearless in sharing their challenges and mistakes, but more importantly, the lessons gained from them. The bonus is the amount of fun they have while doing this. These sessions are full of anecdotes and characters balanced with good information on theory and practical advice. Warning, binge listening may result in Nutella addiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you so much, Midgard Oz. And, uh, yeah, if you do listen to us for a while, we do talk about Nutella mm. a little bit. So mm. um, really appreciate that. Um, if you do have 30 seconds to leave us a rating or review on iTunes, we'd really appreciate it because that helps us in our rankings. And uh, also we have uh, greetings from... Ghana. I don't think that means the country necessarily. I'm not sure, but it's from G. It well, is. it's but it says from USA from GH Karen fifty from USA. So yes, yeah, came off the USA um, iTunes. Ah, okay. Yeah, oh, yeah, from have Ghana. An All right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's great to see. Great to see that the podcast is reaching all around the world. So, um, GH Karen fifty. 
uh, from Ghana has said, I've been listening to your podcast for the last six months and I love, love the podcast. In the past, I listened to other photography podcasts, but the information was often too complicated for me to use the information. But your podcast is not like that. That's probably because I'm on it and I'm asking, <laughs> I'm asking the basic about question. peeling potatoes on this. Like, people are going to get confused. They're like, is it, do they ever talk about actual <laughs> photography or is it just always <laughs> potatoes, steak? Nutella. Nutella. Um, she continues saying, I've learned so much and it's definitely helped me improve my photography. Both your great senses of humour make the podcast so wonderful. I'm sometimes driving along listening and I literally burst out laughing as the two of you are sharing an amusing story. I'm originally from Bermuda, but have lived in Ghana for many years, and during that time have developed my love for photography. Um, uh, and she goes on to say, your podcast has helped in so many ways. I'm also working up the courage to post a few pics on the Facebook page, but baby steps. And last but not least, your podcast where you compared learning to cook with learning how your camera works, was genius. Huh? <laughs> Valerie's comments were so on point. I'm just like her when it comes to cooking. <laughs> it's good to know, Karen. <laughs> and she uh, continues to say, keep it up, ladies, you're a dynamic duo. Thank you so much, Karen. That's you awesome. really made our day. Um, certainly made my day. Um, exciting. Yeah, very exciting that you're listening all the way from Ghana. Thank you so much. And her friends. She stole all her friends. Yes. So Thank hello, you. everyone in Ghana. Yeah, hello, everyone in Ghana and wherever you're from in the yes. world. And, and uh, Karen made reference to the Facebook group. Yes. And uh, if you want to join us there, it's free. It's uh, just search for So You Want to Be a Photographer Facebook Community. Um, not Facebook Community, sorry, Podcast Community on Facebook and, and just join. And it's a great group of people in there. We share photos, we comment on each other's photos and we share tips, which is always really useful. Some, I've learned some great tips in there from, from um, other photographers. So if you're in the Facebook group, thank you so much for being in there and being, such, uh, being a part of such a great community. If you're not in it, join us. So you have some links for us, Gina, I believe, I this week. I do, yes. So during the week, uh, I found a website which mm. is fantastic for any photographer who wants to have a little sneak peek into the gear that some of the best photographers in the world are using. And this, uh, this website's called uh, shotkit.com. And um, what they do is they, uh, they have uh, interviews with photographers from all over the world and then the photographers share exactly what they're using. It's all laid out on the table, why they use this wow. particular gear, what the advantage is, and, it's just, and then some of their best shots and, like, you know, how they use the gear, what they love about it, what they don't like about it. And then, and then he actually has links to all the gear that you can actually just say, well, that's for me. I'll just uh, go and check it out on, on, the, on the proper website. So it's, it's, it's fantastic if you're into – like, everyone wants to know, well, what does this photographer use or that photographer, how do they get that particular yeah. light so it's really fascinating and um he's also uh they've, they've also really kindly given us um a link to uh, a a great little book on lightroom which is uh very much for beginners Val. Mm -hmm. so okay. basically uh what to do how to open the file what are the basic things how all the the different tools work and um if anyone's interested i'll put a link in the show notes and um there's a there's a discount code there for 10 percent off as well 
Um, awesome. Yeah. So if you want to check it out, it's at lightroompoweruser.com. And if you want 10% off, the promo code is BA Photographer. So, yeah, there's no affiliate uh, arrangement in any way. It's just no. a useful promo code for our listeners. And shotkit.com is the website to have a little sticky beak and um, I'll be on there uh, very soon as well. So oh, my God. So you get yeah. all the stuff that's in your camera bag. I know. I'm just trying to work out because I'm – But thinking, it's so messy. I'm going to email back going how much, like all of it. Oh, well, I have to clean do, should, I have to clean first. Well, though. yeah, it's a bit of – I mean, if you were going to be authentic, she, there's like hair it's, elastics, there's well, like – Necessary. You know, Sorry. They're necessary, the hair elastics. <laughs> that's what, yes, because that's what I hold uh, the um, pocket wizard receivers onto my uh, flashes okay. with hair elastics. Yes, all right. There's like Gary the dog's poo bags. There's there's also- no poo bags in my. There is not. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I have mirrors. Sometimes yes. there's always Nutella in my camera bag, so that yes. will be featured in the. Um, how Nutella haven't given us a. I don't know. Muesli no, bars. Muesli bars for snacks. You Ch- know what would be even more chocolate. interesting, actually? Yes. Oh, well, equally interesting. Oh my God. the Your car, the contents oh, of your car. Oh my goodness! I you know. should see Gina's car. That's she sorry. it's massive, like because yeah. she's got a lot of gear, yeah. and it's massive, like it's a massive, massive giant. Looks like a Hummer, but it's not. It's not a Hummer, but it looks like one. It feels like one. Like I have to, I can barely get in it because it's so massive. And I hurt myself every time I do. But anyway, I had to sit in it. Last time I had to sit in it because it was so full of. Booms and boxes and camera gear and backdrops and I don't even know what was in it. I was in the front seat, but the front seat was as far forward yeah. as physically possible, yeah. but the, the entire floor space of the front seat was taken up with boxes. More not, stuff. Not just small boxes, but boxes <laughs> really high so that I was sitting with my knees around my ears pressed right up to the windscreen of that it's, car. It's lucky you're not that big, Val. <laughs> it was, just, it was uh, incredibly uncomfortable. But... I need all that gear. I need all that gear all the yes. time. Yes, and, and I had the... more of gear on my lap yeah, as well. Of well, not Well, just sort of on me somehow. Yeah. Uh, but I think it would be even more interesting to have the contents of your car because I reckon things go in there to die. No, I've <laughs> got to get it washed. But every time I think about it, I'm I'm kind of embarrassed. So it's now at that point where I'm going to have to do the pre-clean oh, to get yes. to the cleaners like I do with the house. Yes, same here. I do that with the house. Yeah. Okay, but let's move on. There has been a MacGyver of the week, I understand, Gina. Um, an amazing. There, there's actually uh, a lot of fantastic MacGyvers and mm. I've uh, featured many of them in a, in a, a blog post that I'm uh, written for the digital photography school that's coming out very shortly. But I just wanted to share uh, the, uh, just one of them uh, with you this week, mm-hmm. which is uh, Brett Ferguson shared like such a great hack. Mm. He's um, taken a beautiful photo of a gorgeous girl. She's in a bedroom and um, she's holding her hands out kind of in a like sort of an ethereal kind of a way. Mm. Belle, would you describe that? And in between her hands is like a, a, a white 
glowing ball that looks at the moon. Yes. Right? It looks like a, a planet or a moon. Yeah, yes. holding it. So, you know, quite beautiful. And his, his MacGyver hack mm. is that he's created, um, he needed a light source to, to light that ball in a, in, a, in a convincing way. So what he's done is he's got the inside of uh, two empty toilet rolls, you know, the cardboard inserts that go in, mm-hmm. and then he's attached a ping pong ball to the end of it, and then he's rigged up some cardboard to, to hold his flash gun. And so it's basically a tube with a, like a, a ball on the end, that, and that's how he's lit up. The shot isn't oh, that clever oh my goodness that shot's amazing so clever wow well done brett love it so i love a good macgyver yeah hack. i love a good macgyver do you, you, do you know the macgyvers on the weekend val yes i rode stella my motorbike yeah to the country what, and oh. there's a particular pub in the country where just harley davidson park out the front like, <laughs> So I backed Stella in, in amongst all the Harleys because oh I was like, God. you know, Stella can hold her own. She's cool enough. Yeah. And uh, as I backed in, someone, one of the guys pointed out that my back wheel was completely flat. I had a puncture. Oh. So this guy had a massive, like, wasn't a Harley but a big monster of a trail bike. He then proceeds to MacGyver an air compressor oh from his God. motorbike. He made it by reversing something and like off the carburetor or something had to take petrol out it took like half an hour to pump my tire up wow the tire was not we couldn't pump it up because it had a a slash so it was completely stuffed so I had to get a friend with a ute to drive me back oh no I know but Stella got a lot of attention that day yeah, not the Harleys. Little Stella on on a on a Ute, getting oh. MacGyvered and and everything. It was a fun day. Oh my goodness! Okay. I've got to go get her tonight. Now she's back back from the shop. Go pick her up. Okay. I missed her. Oh so goodness. back to photography, Val. Yeah, but I, photography. that was just such an amazing MacGyver. Yeah, clever. Some people are so clever. Very clever. I'm not much of a MacGyver, I have to say. Oh, I've seen your MacGyver stuff, Val. Like what? You <laughs> cook stuff that I could only describe as MacGyver <laughs> in the style that you do it. That thing you do with the tin can, it's actually the only thing I've ever seen you cook. But I'll just come back to it. Tin can, boil it for four hours. <laughs> the 20 hungry guests. <laughs> yeah, back to photography. <laughs> we have a listener question from Brian Becknell. Brian has said, I worked with a wonderful aspiring model last night in my DIY studio. Uh, We had a great time. My question for our awesome community is about the background. Uh, My little studio is really a seven foot square white background. I've used a bare speed light on the background. I've got many images of him with a more traditional model look, less smile, more serious. I want to do something to the background to swap it out, add texture, but don't really know where to take it. Maybe it needs to be a darker colour or a light painted wood slack wall. Um, Gina, how does one decide of all the possibilities where to start? Now, we will put the image of this in the show notes, which you can find at Gina militia.com that's m-i-l-i-c-i-a and basically the model is um, a a very nice looking young man Mm -hmm. um, with in a black singlet with tats on Mm. both arms and he is um, it's sort of like 
cropped at his waist and yep. he's looking to off camera to the side not directly into the camera but with a great big smile and a little bit of a twilight hairdo so yeah, good hair val is yeah, what i good noticed hair. good hair mm. yep but this is a really good question from brian because what could yeah. he do yep. to uh to this particular look to um, improve the background so the so background is basically a white, white background yeah yeah um so I'm understanding this question as what can he do in post-production because he's limited in his background choice because it's like we've talked about different backgrounds that you can bring in and use for portraits and we can probably do other shows. But I think he wants to do this in post. Yeah. And how do you choose? So what I do, Brian, is uh, the first thing I do is I cut my um, model out from the background. Mm. And uh, so, so, so deep etch it. So deep etch it. And um, and then I will go to, like, I've got a collection of uh, textures that I've collected over the years. So every time I am I see a beautiful textured wall, I'll always take a clean plate, yes. put it in the texture pile, or you might be out. It's, it's actually worth going out and spending a day wandering the streets, getting texture shots. Absolutely. You know, when I see amazing clouds, you go, okay, I'll shoot that as stock. Anywhere you see great textures, start collecting them. If you don't have a collection as, as yet, you can get really reasonably priced ones. And I'm sure there's free downloads available mm. um, from different websites. But places like Shutterstock and iStock Photo have great and amazing selection collection of um, textures that you can use in your backgrounds yeah. and like from everything from like distressed wallpapers to textured timbers to uh, all different tones of cement and brick walls and yeah. everything what I do once I've cut out my model is I just will have a play with a different different background so you can download a complementary low res and just pop it behind and, and see if it works. Yeah. And it's just a matter of seeing what it's like trying on clothes, basically. The one yeah. that makes you look the best, that's what you go for. So there'll be a tone that suits the mood of the shot, that suits the skin tone of the model. Yeah. Brian, you'll know when you see it. You'll know like a darker image or a bright, it, it changes the mood of the shot, mm. but you'll know when you see it. And definitely just pop them in. As Gina said, it's like trying on clothes or shoes. And I would say if someone, a guy, is wearing a dark, who with a little bit of a, you know, three-day growth, is wearing a black singlet and his tats, I would try something gritty and try something that is a little bit of a rougher texture and, and just see just see what it looks like. Having said that, because he does have a big smile on his face, you might even try something um, unexpected like velvet or something like yes. that. Yes, uh, so, it's a nice contrast, yes. Yeah, as a contrast. But Gina's advice is great, actually. In ter if, if you haven't already collected um, some textured backgrounds, so I've, I've bought quite a lot from Shutterstock and I just label them textures in the folder called textures, uh, go out for the day and, and take a bunch of shots. So recently, uh, Gina and I went to, where did we go? Apollo somewhere. Apollo oh, Bay. Uh, well, I think so, somewhere on the Great Ocean Road. Yeah. It was really far away. Yeah. And um, what, Gina was writing her book. So that was really boring for me. So while she was writing her book, <laughs> I actually went out that particular, it was near the ocean. There was a lot of wood around and lots of, it was just lots of natural stuff. And that's all I did. I took photos of textures. Yes. And 
just just blank textures on my phone, on my not my phone, on my camera, um, because I wanted to use them for this kind of purpose. So yeah, it can be worthwhile just to go out and 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 do that for the day if you pick the, the right location. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's plenty. Or if you ever you know happen to be in an empty, amazing room like like if I'm ever in, in an empty warehouse, mm. those distressed ones, I always take a clean plate. And you you might not have something in mind at the time, but mm. Chances are, like two years down, oh, that room, yes, that'll work perfectly in this shot. So, great thing to do. Yeah, yeah. And I certainly didn't have anything in mind at the time. And the only, uh, one of the things I used them immediately for, because I didn't have necessarily a model that I thought was going to go good on them, um, was just um, backgrounds for my social media squares. Mm. You know, where I would just put images on the front and and, te and text and that sort of thing. But they certainly work well for this purpose as well. Awesome. But thank you so much also. We hope that's useful, Brian. But thank you to everyone else who has asked questions. And remember, you can ask the question in the Facebook group or um, uh, or send an email to news at com. But we have one question that has inspired this week's topic and it's from Andrew Deagle. And Andrew has said, uh, I have a question that may suit both Gina and Valerie. I would like to get some images published this year in a magazine or any time of print slash editorial media and would like some advice on how to do this. How do you go about and you know what and how many images to send and who to send them to? What file type would they prefer and what releases would be required and the prices you would charge? Hope this makes sense. Uh, love the podcast. You gals are a scream and the content you give us is great. Thanks for the time you put into it and the knowledge you are passing on to us. I'm sure we all appreciate it. Thank you so much, Thanks, Andrew. Andrew. We would love to answer your question. Yes. <laughs> we'll make a whole show about it. There are it's, Well, there are many, many responses to this question many parts yes. to this answer so where should we start Jim? and given the opportunity i could go on forever val but i'll try <laughs> and keep it concise <laughs> so the first uh question i want to put out there val is you know why why bother why should you get your work out there what mm -hmm. what are the advantages of having your work seen um because there's some people who um take photos like we've had a lot of people talking about like one day they're going to post in the Facebook group because it's just something they're not ready to do yet yeah and it's hard to do or some people just take photos because it's like they just do it for themselves but I believe art needs to be shared mm. it makes the world a better place Val mm -hmm. you know just imagine like mother nature every day she puts out her beautiful work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's out there all the time, you know. Sometimes it's, okay. uh, it's a great sunset. Sometimes it's a fizzer. But mm -hmm. she still puts it out there for everyone to enjoy and be shared. And so I think that all of us need to do the same thing as well. And from that, if you want to, like people can increase their profile. 
and some people who just want to be art photographers want to have that increased profile and it, 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 it gives you access to more, more places and more people to photograph. Mm. Or if you want to make a business out of photography, then obviously raising your profile is going to uh, give you more opportunities to make money from photography. So in, in the greater chances of getting uh, really good commissions as well. So it's worthwhile doing, I think. And it, it keeps you stimulated as well yeah. in terms of yeah. doing stuff that you want to keep doing it. Mm. Keeps you thinking. It does keep you thinking. Mm, good. So, so um, the best places to share your work, there's so many different places now. Like it used to be when I started, uh, you could have an exhibition yep. to get your work out there or you hoped that a magazine would um, – would run your work and then it was a limited audience that got to see it. Today, so many more options. It's, it's quite exciting. So yeah. I know I keep going back to the food analogies, about, <laughs> but I can't help it. It just works. I believe that a stepped approach works for this as well and baby steps. So I think when it comes to sharing your work, I think it's really important that you learn to peel the potatoes before you jump into cooking the steak. And so by that, I mean, so ease in. It's like, it's not like you jump in straight away and start pitching to Vogue as soon as you buy your first camera mm -hmm. because that's just going to make things hard. You might get lucky, but I think it's a, a good way to start is to ease in. So I would start by sharing with family and friends first, then moving into social media Mm -hmm. like Facebook, Instagram, and that's still amongst your friendship circle. Yeah. Just so you're sort of getting comfortable with the idea of getting your work out there because for some people this is really uncomfortable stuff. Yep. It's like it's scary showing your work for the first time. Mm -hmm. Then after that I'd move into um, the other uh, photography sharing sites like Flickr, 500pics, Google+. Plus. That the, and then you've got the like the larger photography communities mm. uh, to share your work. And if you want to go uh, even further, you can share your work and give others, that, like not just put the work on the site, you can give other people the opportunity to use your work on their own websites. And you can have something called a Creative Commons license, which gives uh, people the opportunity. It's, it's your saying that it's a way that um, you get to retain the copyright of your photos, but you still allow other people to use their images. So, and, and interestingly enough, a lot of um, art directors uh, and uh, designers are now searching places like Flickr, 500pix and Google Plus for new photos. Yeah, they are. You know, that's where they're finding a lot and then they're discovering uh, new photographers every time. So that's something that's that's worthwhile uh, thinking about mm. and, um, you know, maybe considering as a way to get your work seen and out there as a way of like sort of uh, dipping your feet in the water. Yeah, sure. That's a good one. And also it's so um, for anyone who is 
uh, a little bit scared of putting their work out there, the great thing about social media and places like Instagram and stuff like that is that no one's necessarily expecting you to have the most amazing shots in the face of the earth. But chances are you've actually got some pretty fantastic shots or Mm. pretty good shots. So when you put it out on Instagram, it's just such, you know, Instagram is usually used for your friends, but the reality is that other people can see it. And if you've got some great shots out there, that's saying something about you as a photographer. And I know that you have had jobs booked as a result of your Instagram. They haven't even gone to your website or they went to your website afterwards. But but some of these, you know, these clients discovered you on Instagram, liked the look of what you were doing, what you were doing, and it was similar to what they wanted to achieve, and they booked you based on your Instagram. So definitely um, put it out there in terms of social media. And it's really interesting because I think these websites where people aren't expecting, I don't think they're putting their work there and expecting to be discovered or they're pitching to people. They're not. They're just sharing what they love to do. But there's something really magical in that, Val, in that when when you're – people are sharing their work and not worrying about the outcome. They're just doing it just because. Yes. And never underestimate the power of social media, even though, I mean, I use Instagram and I post a lot of photos of my cats. Mm. And while I will admit Canon and Nikon aren't busting down my door, my cats (laughs) get sent a whole heap of free stuff. They do, don't they, Val? (laughs) They get stuff. They're like... They're like internet celebrities. <laughs> yeah. And they get not just, you know, cheap cat food or anything. We're oh. talking like, you know, hundreds of dollars. Good of, stuff. Yeah. One sent a pet camera. You know, really? some, someone sent a pet camera to me and uh, to, so that Rex can wear the camera and, you know, like a, like a GoPro for pets. Oh, my God. Do you get clothes? Sometimes, pets? yes. Sometimes. Wow. Mm. More for the dogs than the cats, but um, yeah, all sorts of things. You get like, like cat, cat houses, little houses, and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's just an example of the power of social media. Is my point, even yes. though that wasn't a good photography example. Yeah. Um, yes. <laughs> and you anyway, just never know who's looking is basically exactly the point. who's looking at your stuff. Um, the the next way is. The old school way, which I talked mm. about uh, in the intro, Val, is mm. like the first way uh, that, that, that I would try is uh, like have an exhibition or create books. Self-publish uh, your own images is a great way to get them out there. And both you can do. There's the, you don't need to ask anyone. You just go ahead, hire a space. If you want to have an exhibition, find a space that's appropriate and uh, you pay the fee. Uh, you get your photos framed and you have an exhibition. And it's a great way to share your work. Or you can think about it a way where you don't necessarily have to hire space, but I'm increasingly increasingly seeing uh, more cafes that yeah. have studio areas or places where you can hang photos and they're selling the photos. Naturally, they'll get a cut yes. if, of the photo of whatever artwork they, they sell. But, you know, I was in a cafe just the other day and there was a whole heap of fantastic photos in there and, um, you know, some of them were absolutely affordable and... And um, uh, that's another way to get it out there without necessarily having the investment of hiring a space. Yeah, fantastic thing to do. So I've I've bought photos. I've I've bought, you know, photos from that have been displayed in cafes. 
And then, and it comes back to that whole local community, Val, because it mm. might be that you find at your local cafe where they know you and then the people who go to the cafe also know you. That's one yeah. of Dave's photos. Yeah. I want a Dave's because I know Dave. I like Dave. I also like Dave's work. And it's a good start because then that goes into someone's home and, again, yeah. you don't know who's going to see that. So an yeah. old-fashioned way of doing things, but don't underestimate the power of uh, going old school yeah. uh, in these sorts of things so the self-publish um it, like it's a real shame that photos just stay on the hard drive Val mm-hmm. people like we, we put our heart and soul in them and even if you don't want the entire world seeing them just to have them organized in a but you know photos shouldn't be contained in a hard drive they need mm. to be either on a wall or in a book I think yeah. is the ideal place to, to have them so there are some fantastic uh, websites where you can create your own books not very expensive at all and um, I've actually put a, a, a link in to uh, someone who's done a, a great blog post on some of the, the, the better um, websites that you can uh, build books. I, I personally have, have tried Blurb. It's a little bit complicated, but the paper choices are superb and it really, they, they did a first-class job. I was really happy with, with the ones I've done with them. Mm-hmm. Great. What else? So... The other thing you can do to get your work out there, and I have to say I have not done this uh, in all my years, uh, is enter cont- competitions mm. for photographers. So I've not. I have, but I haven't gotten anywhere. <laughs> now, Valerie Koo, you are a master at entering competitions, aren't you? Yeah. Like, like I only just found this out about you, and it's like I just like <laughs> – it's so impressive. Like, Valerie, how many contests, writing contests, have you entered in your life? And what sort of stuff have you won? Uh, I haven't necessarily entered writing contests, but I've entered they? many, many, many other contests in the sense that, you know, you had to write a little thing, but they they weren't they weren't exactly short. They're not writing contests in the sense of they're short story contests or you write so, a novel or anything like that. Or, why do you love... Pringles? What 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 are the story? What what did you have to write? Oh, I can't even remember. You know how you sometimes have to just write in twenty five words or less or fifty right, words so or those less. Ones. Yep. Yeah. Why you want to? What do you want? Whatever. Yeah. Uh, want to win? Whatever. But the thing with the photography contests is that you don't get to write anything. <laughs> yeah, you so. have to take a photo, Val. Yeah. Imagine if you could write stuff. Yeah. I'd be ringing you up, Val. 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 I really want this lens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And um, I seem to be hanging around other people who do a similar thing because, like, Dean, who's just in the room next door as I record this, uh, he, um, he 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 entered one where he had to write some thing and he won $20,000. Oh, my God. I know. <laughs> so get out there and enter all competitions. So maybe if you can write or, you know, are a bit witty, win the 20 grand and then you buy better camera gear. But I think more to the point, what Jane is trying to say is enter photography competitions, you might have a better chance than me. (laughs) (laughs) There's so many great photography contests. A lot of the more prestigious ones you don't have to pay to enter, Val. Mm. And there's some lesser ones where there is a fee. So the ones that tend to have the, uh, the higher prize money like, you know, 20,000 bucks and things like that. No entry fee. 
And then there's a lot of like smaller competitions where it's 50 bucks a pop to enter and it's kind of you get online recognition. So just sort of be careful and have a look and, and um, maybe try a few of those. There's even uh, one that I'm actually considering entering, Val. Mm. There's an iPhone photography award. Oh, yeah, great. So the deadline is March. Mm. It's $3.50 an image. Okay. So cool. I'm thinking I might enter. A yeah, enter. Oh, yeah, I think I want. I might. The thing is, everyone, you need to be in it to win it. And so many exactly. times we just sort of think, oh, oh I can't be bothered, or I'm not going to win anyway, or whatever. And uh, the reality is, that it's, it's a numbers game as well. So even though I haven't won a photography competition, I have won many other competitions, and I was entering so many at one stage and winning so many, or getting some kind of prize in so many that um. When I would enter one and not win anything, I'd be like, oh, my God, what's wrong with this competition? This is real. <laughs> but anyway, let's move on, shall we? That's to funny. So, yeah, have a, have a crack. And at a, at a lower level, um, Instagram have contests all the time. You win nothing but the glory <laughs> of they tag your photo. Right. I, I've entered those a couple of times, Val, at okay. three o'clock in the morning. Oh, going, my God. Like, I've got a photo like that. I'm going to tag mine. And then you yeah. wake up the next morning and it's been picked. Oh, and it's great. just exciting. <laughs> oh, my how God. I get my kicks. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you win competitions without even trying. Anyway, let's move on. What's next? Um, magazines, Val. Oh, Yes. So, um, and this is probably one that uh, the people are, are really interested in. So, mm. I mean, look, the magazine um, world has changed a fair bit, uh, particularly in the last uh, five or ten years, in yes. that the circulation's not as high. So, whereas once upon a time, if you got your image in a magazine, you know, you were guaranteed like a, you know, um, millions circulation, but it's not the case anymore. But there's still a lot of prestige. Yes. about getting your work in a magazine. And as a photographer, it's a really, really, really exciting thing. And I can remember, I can still remember how excited I was the first time I saw like a tiny little um, postage stamp uh, image that I'd taken in a newspaper. Like it just felt like Christmas times a million for me. It was very, very exciting. And my name was under the photo mm. and I kept going. I think I stood next to the newspaper, even though my shot was on the inside, <laughs> waiting for people to recognise me, Val. <laughs> yeah, right. Because I was famous because my name, my name was in the newspaper. It was very, very exciting. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, there's good news here in terms of magazines. The good news is most magazine editors actually don't really care if you've been published before yes, or whether the image was created on an entry-level DSLR or on a $500,000 camera. Yep. If your shot happens to be the right fit for what they're looking for, they'll run it. Yes. And the thing is that these days, because of technological advances, once upon a time, you did have to have a decent quality camera uh, back in the day because you yep. needed to get um, very, high, very high quality shots. Um, these days, even though you still need a quality shot, you, you, there's a lot of... Um, there are cameras are such that some yes. of the lower level cameras can get that kind of quality shot. Uh, exactly. Also, um, 
advances in print technology mean that sometimes a lesser quality image that would never have made it in, in print 10 years ago is making it in print this day, to, to, these days because you can um, enhance it and you can improve it and that sort of thing. Yeah. And because so many magazines and newspapers are now also online, the online version of the magazine or newspaper will take uh, a, a shot that isn't necessarily the the pinnacle kind of shot, but is still a fantastic shot. Yes. Yeah. So that's great news. There are more opportunities for more people heaps to more. get their in- heaps more, like a thousand times more opportunities. But that's also the bad news, Val, because yeah. it means that editors are getting, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of submissions a day or a week for mm. these photos. So um, your, your work might be incredible, amazing, mm. but how do you go about getting it discovered? How do you get that in front of the yep. magazine um, editors? Yep. All right. So... Just a quick little uh, aside here, success versus failure, Val. Mm-hmm. Okay. So a lot of people might be thinking, okay, they'll, they'll, they'll weigh it up and they'll think, okay, I'm an okay photographer. There's thousands of people applying. What are my chances? If I send a photo and it doesn't get accepted, I've failed. Mm-hmm. Right? That's the thinking. Mm-hmm. I disagree. Mm-hmm. I think if you um, don't, if you take the photo and do nothing with it, that's failing mm-hmm. because you haven't even tried. Sure. You know, so someone has to get the work published. Someone mm-hmm. has to take the photos. Why can't it be you? Yeah, absolutely. You know, someone mm. has to. Someone has to. You know, mm. if I had have listened to all the people who – um who were just trying to look after me, Val, mm. you know, who would take me aside and have these little conversations. Gina, do you know how hard it is to break into celebrity photography? Mm-hmm. Do you know how few people get through? Do you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, nah, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> They're like, you know, maybe you need to rethink the whole photography thing. And, and mm-hmm. I said, well, no, because someone has to make it. Yes. Someone has to do it. Yes. You know? So... It can be a numbers game, Val. Yeah. Because it's a matter of like if you're uh, sending in your photo of fluffy kittens and (laughs) that's the day that the editor's looking for cute elephants, you might miss out. But Mm. they might be looking for fluffy kittens in a month or two months or three months' time. So if those photos happen to cross the desk then and you get lucky, then that's your in. But if you're not submitting, it's not going to get seen. But also it's so important to supply photos and submit photos that are in the style of that magazine. Yes. And every magazine does have a style and has a specific look. So it's really important to analyse the magazine, to look at, okay, well, what kind of lighting do they like? What kind mm-hmm. of composition do they like? And you'll, you'll, and sometimes you – because I – 
you know, I do this out of interest, I might look at a magazine over the years. So I might actually look at it, look at all every issue over a decade, and I'll see that over that decade their style changes, their preference changes. So if you were analysing a magazine, you see that they like really lifestyle kind of shots um, that are that are that are you know happy and bright and chirpy. Don't send your down and dirty gritty ones. Where yeah. and if you look at a particular publication where it might be a business publication and but all their portraits uh, of their business people are done in a really in-your-face kind of way or really strong kind of way as opposed to a corporate headshot kind of way, make mm. sure you're sending shots that are in that style because that increases your chances of success. So I think that the first thing you need to do if you want to appear in a particular magazine, you must, must, must analyse the photography in that magazine because if you don't and you're just picking shots that you like out of your portfolio – that's just inefficient and it's not maximising your chance for success. Analyse first, then pick the images in your portfolio that are similar or that suit that style and then send those in. Exactly. And I would recommend that you go back at least a year and, and, and mm. like really check it all out and do the research and so that you've got like you're right across it. No point doing kittens to pit bulls or us magazine. They're just... <laughs> not going to want the shots, are they? Yeah. And exactly. a lot of people just do a blanket sort of will send out to every magazine, Here, here's my photos, here's my folio. And yeah. it's like, you know, you, like everyone everyone has a particular style. So and it's that is a big that. mistake. If you think, if you say here's the link to my website uh-uh. and ha- have a look, oh, my God, I can't, I couldn't, because I used to be a picture editor and an editor yeah. of magazines. I could not hit the delete button any faster. What yep. I, I mean, sure, you can s- include your website in the email or in your in your correspondence, but you should say you might like, you might be interested in these five pictures. They, yes. they, they probably suit your style. And I will look at those five pictures. And if those pictures do, in fact, suit the style of the magazine, it's clear that then you've done your homework and it's also clear that it's quite a good fit. Then I will look at your website and look at your other things. But if you think just sending a link to your portfolio is the answer, it's a very inefficient way to do it and it's it sort of reeks of amateur a bit. It's a common mistake too made yeah. amongst um, assistants will do that when they're mm. looking for photographers to work out. Hi, uh, I'd like to assist you. Here's a link to my website where, yeah. you know, it's basically uh, if you want to, uh, you know, capture the, the editor's attention, you want them to know, Val, you would love it to hear that like, hi, um, I love your magazine. I particularly love the article you did seven months back on blah, mm. blah, 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 to prove I've read the magazine, mm. you know, and I really love this one and this one. And and then you've got that selection of photos that are in that sort of style that that magazine runs to prove that, like, not only are you a fan of the magazine, you're also yeah. a good fit for the magazine because yeah. – People want to work with people who show passion. There's this whole idea out yeah. there that like, I see it a lot. I have to go back to the poor assistants. But the assistants think that if in order to impress the photographer that they're working for, they need to um, show that they're like disinterest yeah. and passion to be yeah. incredibly cool because if I show that I'm excited, that they somehow feel that they're not going to be respected. Yeah. Which is that's it's a right. really odd way to think, but I think show if you are passionate about something, show it, show yeah. it in the letter, in the way that you write about it. Gush if you need to, mm. and then and you know and share what you love and why you love because that sort of stuff that will get you hired. That stuff is addictive and attractive. 
Yeah, for sure. Like, I totally agree. Show your passion for sure. So um, the, other, the other really good way with magazines is to have an angle or a story that's unique and package it all up and make it really easy for the editor. It's like, here you go. Here's the story. I've got the words to go with it as well and mm. uh, the, whole, the whole package and, and it's all ready to go. Um, another Definitely. thing. Definitely. Well, on that point, I will admit that the only photos that I have um, been paid for yes. <laughs> are the ones that I have gone with a story, that I've accompanied yep. with a story. Yep. And they're usually travel photos or they're photos of, you know, they're portraits, but they've, uh, they're the ones I've been paid for, the ones that come with a story. And why is that, Val? It it's, it's making everyone's life easier, right? And making everyone's life easier. Even when I was, and I was hanging out in LA or something um, with a photographer and she is um, a paparazzi actually and uh, she was taking photos of a particular A-list actor and they were quite good and she was going to send them off and I said, oh, look, here, I'll write the caption for you. And, right, there and, you go. And, you know, because I, I wrote it in a way that I knew an editor would... Very good it, at it, it, it would make sense. So it, it can be really useful to do that because you'll make life easier, as you say, for for um, for, for the editor. So I've written captions for you, haven't I? I Nina? know you have. You're very, like, <laughs> like I, can, I can, almost can't hire anyone else to do that now that you've <laughs> done it because I reckon you're the only one that did it on an Excel spreadsheet. <laughs> Right? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> right. And it was beautiful, Val, and it's like it flawless. And now everyone after you, it's like, no, no, like this. They're like, no one does captions like that. Valerie Koo does captions like, like, like you know. Um, I don't win photography competitions, but I can write captions good. <laughs> very good at captions. Okay. The other thing to consider when you're submitting, um, so uh, I know we've got a lot of uh, wedding and portrait photographers that listen, if you are trying to, say, submit um, a, a series of shots like a wedding or maybe um, a series of shots of a house for an architectural magazine or something like that where there's lots of images, remember to include lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of detail shots because oh, editors, yes. oh, my God, love, love, love. love detail and Love that's them. what's going to get you across the line it's not going to be yep. and it's it's kind of it's disappointing from the photographer's perspective when you see how excited they get over the shot of the three beans that you did a detail of that took you like a second mm. they're they're like salivating over that shot and then Absolutely. meanwhile there's the hero shot that you that technically is brilliant and you know how good it is that they're going yeah that's all right but oh my god these beans are gonna feel they're gonna go in right next to the full stop here yeah they're gonna fill the page they're gonna be beautiful mm. that 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 will sell it so definitely yourself as include. you're shooting mm. just like pan around do the wide shot and then just go okay details got to get details and everything that you're shooting just make it a habit Grab the details, grab the details, because you never know who you've got in front of your camera and what that could that could become the next big story. And yeah. it might be that little shot of the grass with the letterbox that is the opening or, you know, the, across the line. The dog lying by the fireplace or the, you know, vase with the flowers in it or just the little knickknacks that are on the table. Yeah, for sure. You know. While the you, door handle. <laughs> exactly. All those 
details, details, details. And if you're not sure what we mean, just, you know, grab some magazines and have a look and have a look at how they're laid out. And that brings me to my next point, Val, mm -hmm. is to really think about how a magazine is laid out and consider that when you're submitting your photos. So always give options, like give lots of, if you're giving verticals, allow space for type. You know, I... I I like to shoot every portrait I shoot. I shoot it like it's going to be a cover. And yes. you know what? It gets me a lot of covers. Yes, I'm it does. That space, it works. Yes. And that's just something that I now do as a default. Yes. But there's things like that. And also shoot it like it could be a double page spread. So it, it's yeah. not hard just to tilt the camera and shoot a horizontal and allowing lots of extra space for type to go. So start to think like you're yeah. actually editing the magazine. Where can type go? Not just about the photos. And that's really going to help you uh, get, it, get it across the line. And when you're shooting with the double page spread in mind, one of the biggest mistakes rookie photographers make is they shoot these incredibly fantastic, fantastic shot of, I don't know, a maybe there's a woman with with this great backdrop and she's in the middle it'd be fantastic in the double page spread but that's unusable to a magazine editor because she'll be right in the spine of the magazine so yeah. really be careful when you're shooting double page spreads that what might look great in your view the view of your camera or even on you know uh, InDesign actually doesn't look great in print and an experienced yep. editor will know that because of the the gutter of the magazine yeah, so consider the format because like some are square, some magazines are square, some are like a, a A4 in size, they all vary. What, what, who are you pitching to? What's the size? Make sure your images scale the way you want them to. Um, the, the next thing, Val, to consider is um, not lot, – a lot of people come from, okay, if I give them heaps and heaps and heaps and heaps of shots, they're going to look through and they're just going to see that there's so many great shots. Unfortunately, that's going to work against you because if uh, the poor editor opens up and there's a link to a folder with a 1,000 photos, mm. they're not going to bother. They're just mm. not. They're just going to delete it. Sadly, mm. sadly. You've got to edit so it. You've got to make sure that, you know, keep it down to – now, Val, I would say five to ten. If ten too many, would you say five? As depends a what it's for. Depends yeah. what it's for. So, um, yeah, it really depends what it's for and how many shots the editor yeah. wants to pick in the end. But low res in the body of the email, so the editor just opens the email and sees the images straight away. They're not having to pick through, click on links, go back to websites, give oh. them the photos, as make it – Hand it to them on a platter. Hand it to them on a platter. Someone who is so busy who may be looking at this in the two minutes they've got in between meetings on their phone. They're yep. seeing that. And if, if it catches their eye, if they happen to need that, that might be your in. Yep, definitely. Um, and and so, so finally on that note, um, look professional. So make sure that when you sign the email that you've got – maybe a website that they can then go to after they've looked at the shots that you've submitted, they might say, well, let's, let's go check out this, uh, this photographer's work. And it doesn't need to be anything fancy. It can be just at a WordPress site. It can have 10 photos on it, Val. Mm. But and importantly, link. include some information about you. It's not all just about your photos because if people actually are going to commission you to go on a shoot with them, they want to actually know who you are and that you're, they're going to get along with you. So if you can include some personal information, that's useful. So a little bit of a photo and a little bit, bit of a blurb that shows your personality will possibly also uh, get you hired. Um, uh, all right. So what about, Val, shooting 
paid gigs for magazines where they commission you regularly. When you're dealing with magazines, often they have an editorial rate for photography. Yep. So it's kind of not, you know, especially if you're not yet Annie Leibovitz, it's kind of you're not in a situation until you've got some bargaining power to say, oh, my rate is X because, in fact, they have a set editorial rate for a shot or a half day or whatever it is. Yep. So it's if you're a bit funny about wondering how to ask for payment, then basically say, oh, how much do you pay per shot? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. Yep, or yep. how much should I invoice you for shot, or you know, yes. whatever. So, yep. you, basically, it's it's you you can, you can almost take the awkwardness awkwardness out of it in that you don't actually say, "Oh, my rate is," and yes. you're wondering whether you're lowballing oh, well, <laughs> or, yes. or too high, or whatever. Just yep. say, how, "What's your editorial rate for yes. for a shot?" And they Once do you have get, a set rate. Yeah, once you get to know the magazine, you get to know that editor or whoever that you're dealing with and they come to like you and know you and know that you're reliable, then somewhere down the track, once you know you've established that trusted relationship with them, you then might be able to negotiate and you might then be able to say, oh, you know, I know your editorial rate is X, but um, just wondering if... Um, there was any room in that to maybe make it why if you you potentially want to ask for a higher rate. Mm -hmm. But definitely you start off with whatever their regular editorial rate is. Now, sometimes magazines will pay per image. Yes. And sometimes they will pay per image depending on the size that they use it. Yes. Because, you know, if it's only going to be used as a very small image or a quarter page, it's not going to – you might not get paid as much as a DPS. Yep. Double page spread. Yep. Every magazine's different, so you need to you need to ask. And if you get the cover, you might get paid even more. Yes. So it depends. However, if you are being commissioned by a magazine on a daily rate or a half day rate, then essentially you get paid for that daily rate or half day yep. rate, and you fulfil whatever brief it is, um, and 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 that's what you get paid. So it really depends. The thing with magazines is that. Um, Editorial rates aren't usually extremely high. It, traditionally, editorial rates aren't extremely high because uh, the, re- the, the reasoning was that if you got an eight-page spread in Vogue and your name, your byline got uh, featured in Vogue, then uh, the advertisers would come calling, mm. like Paspali Pearls or Tarkoya or mm. uh, Fendi or whatever, and that's actually where you get paid. Targ Hoya? <laughs> I, I thought it was tag hoya, tag hoya, tag hoya. <laughs> That's where you get paid a lot of money. Yeah. Um, uh, but the thing is, a lot of print magazines these days, they, you know, if you are um, become one of those quality photographers, um, you, you can still negotiate to get a very decent rate. Um, but some print magazines, if they, if, if their circulation is falling, then that means their budget is falling as well. Mm. So that is kind of good and bad. It's not great if you're already a well-paid photographer, but if you're a photographer looking to get in, Mm. they are now looking at another 
you know, whole level of photographer. So you yes. might be able to get into some magazines that you once thought you couldn't get into. So it's what I'm trying to say is it's well worth trying. Definitely. Um, do you want some more quick tips for getting a regular gig with a magazine, Val? Okay. Yeah. So again, start small. So start with maybe uh, local and industry magazines. There are still mm. lo- lots of them. Local, the plumbing magazine, your local uh, shopping mall has its own magazine they exist find out who's running them get yourself in front of them and like you know start with the little and so you get your experience there um you can Mm. shoot for bloggers as a way to get some experience okay Mm. this is a way of building your folio but it's going to be a foot in the door because you're going to be going to event after event after event and getting in front of publicists and agents and they're going to be getting to know you and and your face and it's another good way to get yourself known charity events are also a great way because a lot of people are uh, with um some sort of prestige or hold are, are at these events and you can get to know these people and it's mm. a good way to uh to get your foot in the door be the kind of person that works fast and delivers the content on time and yeah. and and as promised okay yeah. and and try and be a team player because if everyone likes you that's going to be the reason they book you and if they're tossing up whether to go, to book the guy who's oh my god his work is phenomenal but he's an um not a nice guy yeah. over the girl over the girl who does great stuff like really good but she's such so cool to hang out with they're going to go with the person they want to hang out with for sure that's the reality that's That's, the reality yeah and you know people have said like editors when have said to me you know you and Gina should go and do that because you've got good chemistry yes and you know how to produce a good result in the end yeah, and it's like, mm. you know, the, the, the trips away and all the great, all the fantastic shoots that I've been on have been like results of that, those sorts of relationships mm. where they're putting together the team and it's like, well, we're going to be away for five days with these people. Mm. It, you know, <laughs> you've got to be able to get on and it's not just the shooting time, it's like the early mornings, the hours in the car and then the late <laughs> nights. You want to be, also be able to have fun and, and enjoy their company because it's, it's not fun if it's someone that's like not particularly nice to get uh, along with um a couple of other things that might work um uh it doesn't matter what age you are either try interning with a magazine oh yeah for sure I've interned as an adult yeah absolutely yeah which is a great way to get your foot in the door and 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 if nothing like you're going to learn how a magazine works and you'll get to like sit with the different designers it would be a, I think it would be a fantastic learning experience mm. of course bring your camera and and offer to help out and uh who knows where that 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 could get you and there still exist um staff photography jobs uh at many uh magazines and cadetships still exist so um you know think about applying for those as well and how's this for a very clever thing i know a couple of photographers who they will actually offer their services at a very low rate or for free even at of all things entrepreneurial events where there there are a lot of entrepreneurs but what happens is that all those entrepreneurs in the room who are go-getting people see this photographer because they're the only photographer there and that's how they get to know the photographer the photographer then you know might tag them on social media or whatever and show them their shots 
they then end up commissioning the photographer for, at a very decent rate to shoot a whole range of their shots. But because they are go-getting people and they want to be in the media, they end up sending those shots to magazines and newspapers. And so that's how these photographers get published that's in the a end. That's a very clever way to do it. It's all very about uh, that, that networking, Val, and getting to know people. And, and there, as the photographer working the room like that, you've got access to everyone and as long as you don't make a tool of yourself or be annoying just do your job professionally people will notice you great great tip yep all right there we go wow Uh, we covered a lot that's helped yeah, definitely. I hope that's uh, useful to you, Andrew, and anyone else who is uh, thinking of getting published or getting, you know, m- more gigs for their photography. Um, but yeah, if you have any other questions, do tag us on social media or ask us in the Facebook group, and we'd love to help you. Oh, but I've got to get it, the hashtag Val in there. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. We've got I've to have um, <laughs> hashtag Gina Challenge. Uh, every week we have a challenge where uh, there's a particular theme. So we, it's hashtag Gina Challenge and then hashtag whatever our theme is. And uh, and it's great. There's so many people participating. We put our photos related to that hashtag, which you can interpret however you like in the Facebook group. What is our hashtag for this week, Gina? Look at me. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Okay, so it's hashtag Gina Challenge, hashtag look at me. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can interpret that however you like. But what it's, is Kath and Kim? Is it Kim? Look at me. Look, look at me. Moi, look at me. Look at me. Look at me. You That's do that so much better than I, I do, Gina. I do. Okay. <laughs> um, let's... Let's move on. <laughs> You've really thrown me. Uh, if you haven't yet signed up to Gina's newsletter, you can do that at ginamilitia.com, M-I-L-I-C-I-A. And it's great because uh, there's lots of fantastic tips and uh, insights and funny stories that Gina relays in her newsletter. Importantly, every month Gina sends out free Lightroom presets which are only available if you're a subscriber to the newsletter. And there's no back catalogue. You can't, you know, retrieve them later. They come in the email. And uh, uh, so, yeah, make sure you sign up to to Gina's newsletter uh, on her website. But until next time, what are you going to be doing, Gina? Um, it's, it's a lot of sport, Val, and theatre. So sport sport as in, I'm not going to photograph like people playing sport. God forbid, I can't do that. But like a lot of promotional photographs for athletes who happen to be on television, you know? Oh, okay. Right. So all of that for lots of different networks. So there's that, there's a lot of theatre, like, um, shooting some gigs. So it's fun. You? Oh, awesome. What are you doing? Well, this week, actually, I forgot to mention, people in Australia will understand. So if you're listening from America, you probably won't have this miniseries yet. But at the moment in Australia, um, a miniseries is screening. And um, I wanted to bring it to the attention of Australian listeners. If you are watching this uh, big miniseries, it's, it's already been on the first episode and there's going to be another episode. But I want to mention it because, and if you want to reach out to on social media to have a guess uh the person starring in the miniseries is actually the person you hear at the Hmm. beginning of every single episode 
So every single episode of So You Want to Be a Photographer and also in the outro, a certain um, famous Australian uh, is actually the person who you're, you're hearing as the voice. So if you can guess who it is, uh, my big hint to you is that he's on screens right now. It's one of the top rating miniseries. And he's um, brilliant. Let us know. And he's brilliant oh, in it. My Absolutely. God, he was Brilliant. brilliant in it fantastic um we will reveal all next week in case no one guesses but hopefully but someone I'll guesses guess there, I'll guess. <laughs> awesome. so reach out to us on social media with your guests or in the facebook group as to as you may recognize the voice at the start of so you want to be a photographer every episode so we look forward to hearing from you and until next week we will chat to you then thanks guys Thanks for listening to So You Want to Be a Photographer. For more information, free resources, and Gina's regular newsletter on everything you need to know to become a successful photographer, visit ginamilitia.com.